I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And you're very welcome along to this week's edition of the Rocky Road Rewind. I'm Simon McGuire, and I'm delighted to be joined by regular host of the show, uh, Kevin Byrne. Kevin, how are you? I'm uh, very good, Simon, and yourself? Uh, tipping along as best I can. Uh, tipping along as well, best I can. <laughs> welcome back to the big chair. Thank you, thank you. Well, for momentarily, momentarily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, we're going we're to play the second part of uh, your interview with Lou Bella uh, shortly. But when we were recording it, I wasn't involved in the conversation, but I didn't realise how much of an influence or an impact um, Luda Bella has had on Irish boxing, really, and Irish boxing in America, of course. Uh, like, obviously, he, he's a businessman, and it makes business sense for him to do this, but I, I, when you, when you, the, the two of you began talking about it, it, it only dawned on me then that he's actually had been a huge player in the Irish boxing game without really it being broadcast very much. Yeah, I guess so. Um, like, he's he's been involved in it with Irish fighters of various weights, um, but I guess it was his stranglehold at a middleweight division when he had Sergio Martinez and then he picked up a few of the other contenders um, you know, to line them up for fights that he was promoting and as opponents for possibly Sergio Martinez that he really took a that he really took a grip of Irish boxing and his his um perch there as the promoter of Matthew Macklin and Andy Lee, you know, led to him being kind of the go-to guy for the biggest stories involving Irish boxing. And apart from those guys in the professionals, the the next biggest kind of star, I guess, as a newspaper guy, as I was at the time, or would be Carl Frampton. And it just so happens that the first part of the show was Ludabella promoting Carl Frampton's biggest biggest win of his career against Leo Santa Cruz. So, like, Ludabella was involved when Andy Lee had his first world title shot and his second uh, for the Matthew Macklin kind of career post Felix Sturm, so for the for the Martinez fight, uh, the Triple G Golovkin fight, um, you know he guided Patrick Hyland to a world title fight as well. So he has a good association with Irish boxers, and then he kind of as well be trying to. If you're a young Irish guy and you move to New York, you want to make it big in America, you know, and break America, you're you're invariably going to end up working with Luda Bella on one of his Broadway boxing shows or something. So, which is why, you know, we saw Noli Murphy working with him, and and then the Bella also has a relationship with Ken Casey. So anyone involved with Murphy's boxing could end up boxing on a Debella show. So yeah, I've ended up having to kind of phone him up over the years on loads of occasions to kind of find out what's going on next or just you know get get good copy of him because as listeners probably heard in part one and will in part two here in this show he's just a good talk he's, he's a good talker with a good um great perspective on boxing he's a fun he's a fun guy yeah and I, I think that comes across and especially when 
uh, he's obviously now involved in Joe Ward's career, and when he came over um, to help launch it, like he was, he's very accessible to the Irish media, which you don't necessarily get all the time. Not just in Ireland, but in in media around. You know, they'll like it's kind of like PR. More often than not, they'll tell you when they're available. Whereas, but Lou, it seems to be whenever you reach out for something, he's he's there and he, or he'll get back to you pretty quickly. Yeah, I think um, it looks like the guys on the US beat have a good relationship with him and yeah, definitely kind of charmed the room when he came over to Ireland as well. I'm sure there was a lot of, you know, the newspaper journalists who went along who to the Joe Ward kind of announcement who wouldn't often be covering the boxing beat were probably sitting there listening to Ludabella tell stories about promoting Mickey Ward and, you know, he can speak on any subject with eloquence and insight. We're probably quite, you know, impressed by this guy talking about it. He's prepared to discuss the grubby side of boxing, corruption, you know, amateur corruption as well as professional corruption. So he's, hey, he always gives an interesting take. Yeah, and on that note, I suppose we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll hand over to um, your chat with him. Now, Lou, you've had a long association with kind of Irish boxers, Irish boxing figures. Uh, I know he's not born here, but Irish Mickey Ward, it goes back to him, I, sp- I suppose, or does it go further? But I mean, what, it goes what? back to Catholic school, actually. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. It goes yeah. back to like I was, you know, I went to, Catholic school with a bunch bunch of uh, Irish and Italians, and you know my grandparents were immigrants, but a lot of my Irish friends' parents were first generation, and and you know it goes back to like you know hanging out in Irish bars from the time I was thirteen and had a fake ID, and um, going to Catholic school and being around a lot of Irish people. Um, when I was in, I, I worked with a congressman Mario Biaggi when I was in in uh, college, and he was. Though he was Italian American, he was extremely involved. He was like the working with the the uh, ancient order of Hibernians, and and uh, I've always been around a lot of Irish people, so yeah. it was a natural thing for me to. I, I always followed Irish boxing. It, it was a, nat- a natural thing for me to work with Irish fighters, and I've been doing it, you know, since I was an HBO executive, and I I think I made Shane Neary with uh, Mickey Ward back then. Um, but there were, you know, and, and did some stuff with Steve Collins and worked with Wayne McCullough. You know, I, I, I guess Irish boxing's always been part of my mindset in general. And it was sort of a natural progression when I became a promoter. And I'm a New York promoter with the huge Irish population and, yeah. you know, the, the, the huge Irish fan base in New York. Look, I'm, I, you know, for, for most of the 70s, 80s and 90s, I was well known at every Irish pub in New York City. So. Yeah. You know, it's not the case any longer. Yeah. But, uh, well, that's where they used to. That's where the boxers used to have to go to sell their tickets, isn't it? You know, you have to be well known in every pub in the in the five boroughs. Yeah, but that's that's what works. I mean, yeah. and and by the way, that's why I I one of the reasons why I was well known to the Irish community in New York was from hanging out in Irish pubs. Okay, for a, for a time there, Lou, you were probably the most important person in Irish boxing because you were the man controlling the careers of the most relevant Irish boxers at world level. Matthew Macklin on one side, Andy Lee on the other, and he also had the champion on middleweight as well, Maravilla, Sergio Martinez. Uh, they were interesting times working with working with all all this these, this gang of top middleweights. Yeah, it was. It, it, you know, I'm a big fan of all three of those guys, mm. and and you know, Matthew and I started working together. I called him literally the same night, like literally right after the he got robbed against Felix Stern. And I said, you know, you won the fight, you got robbed. I really want to work with you. And, you know, uh, with Brian Peters was part of the, you know, introducing us. And, and, and we wound up 
um, doing some good things together. And, and, and I, you know, Matt Macklin was, was a terrific talent. Andy Lee's one of my favorite people in boxing and, uh, you know, terrific guy, great puncher. Um, the fight with John Jackson's a fight I'll never forget. Uh, you know, his comeback in that fight and that knockout, um, you know, and then Andy being able to win that world title and getting that belt. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now look, look at his, what he, you know, I think he's terrific now, uh, with a career as a commentator and, and, uh, author and podcasts and he's doing great, you know, and Sergio's a hall of famer when he retires for the second. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's back on the scene now. All right. Yeah. I suppose we can, we can't really let Matthew Macklin and Andy Lee making a return one day as well, but, um, yeah, you were you were with Lee for some famous nights. I, I recall um, John Duddy retired unexpectedly, and you were left without an opponent. So Andy Lee ha- fought uh, Craig McEwen in a crossroads fight. I think it was his HBO debut. We're going to speak to Andy Lee uh, on the show in a couple of weeks about that specific fight. I just I love that fight, everything about it, the way everything kind of fell into place, and the way Andy Lee, not for the last time, showed that he could be facing adversity, maybe down on a couple of cards, the fight going against him, and he could just pull out a knockout, pull out a punch right on the button and, cha- and change destiny, change his life. You know, he's like such a classy, even keel guy, you know, in person, Andy, like he's just like the most like level headed, you know, mature kind of dude. And his fights were such roller coaster rides, you know, like there was so much emotional, you know, and drama in, in a lot of his, his fights. Um, he had a lot of resiliency in the ring. You know, Andy came back from stuff most fighters wouldn't come back from and to win a fight. You know, yeah, you know, I'm a big Andy Lee fan. And, and I think that uh, that period of Irish boxing, there was a lot of there was some good Irish middleweights and guys around those weight classes. And, uh-huh. and I was happy to, to be able to work with two of the best. Uh, in hindsight, I suppose 10, eight years on or whatever, like I suppose Andy Lee won his world title 2014 uh, and lost to Chavez in 2012. So you're looking at around that era. Do you regret the loss to Chavez wasn't a fair scorecards, but they weren't fair scorecards. And it also wasn't a fair fight. Um, it, it also wasn't a fair fight. Well, I remember there was um, there was controversy about Chavez and the drug testing and stuff like that, and he came into the ring and Andy said, "I have like I like, always believe that they cheated that night, and that there was an intentional effort to hide the cheating. Like I'll always believe that." Yeah. So, like in the back of my head, I've never viewed that as a legit win for Chavez, and Andy didn't really get beat. Andy got well, fucked. Excuse my problem. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. Yeah, this is an Irish boxing. This is an Irish boxing podcast. You're meant to swear. You know, I'll be disappointed if you don't. But um, what like did, did someone take their eye off the ball with Andy that night, or because you knew going in like this is El Paso, this is El Paso, this is going to be. No, you know, we, we we were like you know I was like opening my mouth saying I was concerned leading up to it. Yeah, like I mean, believe me, I made phone call. I mean, it just it was you know. Chavez was the A side, and and the A side in politics of boxing is advantaged. And it was a Mexican fighter fighting in Texas, and it was a commission that was very close to Chavez's promotional company. And you know the you know Chavez was a big name, big star at that moment in time. That wasn't this moment in time. I mean, you know, and by the way, I still like Julio Chavez Jr. I, 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 as a as a person, I've always liked the kid. You know, but but he was at a high point in his career when he fought Andy. Um, I don't know. I just, there was too many. 
you know, there were no coincidences in boxing and, and the lack of the appropriate testing and never being able to get results. And the, I don't think that was a fair fight. God knows I spent a lot of time trying to figure it out and writing about it and talking to likes of yourself and even Brian Peters and Andy and Matthew. But do you regret these years later that you didn't manage, you guys didn't manage to sit down in a room and put together Lee versus Macklin, whether that be in Dublin, New York, Foxwoods, who cares, you know, Las Vegas, but New York or Dublin, really? I really wanted to do that fight. Yeah. Just one of the, I mean, I, you know, look, I've been around this business for 30 years and for most of those 30 years, I've been making matches mm. to some extent. So if I like lost sleep over every match I didn't make um, or thought about it, I'd have nothing else to think about. Yeah. Um, but that's certainly a fight that I, I, I would have, I, I would have, I wanted to say. Um, and it didn't, you know, it didn't happen because also got to remember both of those guys were chasing belts yeah. and chasing big money fights to a greater extent that they were chasing each other. You know, yeah. and um, I don't want to say neither one of them was eager to fight the other, but I will say that neither one of them was clamoring to fight the other. Yeah, you know because I, mean? I suppose the loser wasn't going to get to fight for a world title, I think. Uh, yeah. So they, they, the, the prize was Sergio Martinez or, you know, maybe even Triple G if you win. And I guess if you lose, the other guy gets to fight him for the world title and for more money and you don't. So I guess uh, it's a pity one of them couldn't take a title maybe a little bit earlier and then they would have been well, off yeah, big money to defend it. Yeah, but you know what? I to say something for both Andy and for Matthew and for myself. My job was to get them that big fight. Yeah. And I got it for both of them. You know what I mean? Like, like Andy fought uh, Peter Quillen in Barclays Center in a terrific fight and got paid really, really well for that fight. Andy fought for a world title and won one. You know, Matthew fought Martinez and Matthew had major television exposures for a lot of money. So like both of the guys, the fight never happened, but the good news is it was a good run for both yeah. fighters. And I'm glad that I was able to be part of a good run for two guys I like very much. Yeah. To this day, I consider, I consider Matthew and Andy friends. And Andy topped up his uh, his purse against Quillen as well. When Quillen failed to make the weight, I remember that well. Uh, I think he got an extra hundred twenty five thousand. So happy days. I mean, like we did a good job. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 also, the, look, it's prize fighting, you know. And Andy gave up a lot to be a world champion. He deserved the economic benefit of having those achievements. Same thing with Matthew. They deserve to walk away you know, with a few quid and the ability to start a successful life doing other things. Mm. And they both were able to do that. And that's what it's all about. See, Matthew and like, and Mickey Ward can say the same thing. They made a movie about him and, you know, he's raising a family and, and, you know, I'm happy when my fighters life stories go in the directions that are that positive. Yeah. And another fighter from Ireland that you worked with is, uh, Patrick Hyland, Pajo Hyland, that was a, the end of his, the last couple of years of his career were a bit of a roller coaster. He had some, he had some big wins and he did get a Pajo's world title. Great kid, yeah. great kid though, man. Yeah. Great, we, great family, you know, really we have, wonderful guy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, of him as a person again also. And um, it was tragic what, you know, happened with his dad. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that made, um, that made things Part of the roller coaster of the last years uh, of his career were also personal tragedy and having to overcome adversity, you know? Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I also think you guys bonded over it. Is, is that right? Excuse me. It, it it bonded you. What happened? Like you you and him had a bond. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, he lost his dad to suicide. I lost my brother. You know, so um, to any extent that I was able to be helpful to him, I, that that's wonderful. But I had been through the experience. You know, and I really admire the fact that the Highland family, you know, didn't hide the what had happened and you know how Patrick also seeks to bring awareness to mental health and the need for mental health care and awareness and suicide prevention. Yeah, he was a brilliant guest with us a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago now. He told us all about it, told the whole story, and he was just a fantastic guest. And it was unfortunate he missed. Uh, when Frampton was the, was the world champion at featherweight, another world featherweight champion was Gary Russell Jr. And it's just unfortunate Highland met a guy who was shit hot at the time and well-rested because he only fights once a year, if even. Yeah, but also, you know, truthfully, Patrick needed a payday and a big fight. Mm. And that's the fight that presented itself. But it was probably the worst fight on earth for him, style-wise. Yeah. I mean, you know, Russell fights once a year, but here's the reality. Because he fights once a year, none of us care very much about him, and he hasn't gotten the, the biggest fight since that early fight with, uh, who do you fight, Lomachenko? Lomachenko, yeah. Right, but but he's an incredibly skilled guy and a very difficult guy to fight. And particular, particularly a, a difficult fight, guy to fight if you're more of an Irish brawler, you know, action, volume kind of guy. Yeah, um, and it's hard to hit Gary Russell Jr. in the ass, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I noticed uh, Lou just reading up. You uh, nominated another Irish boxer, Niall Kennedy, last year for a WBC Hero of the World award. So I'm sure Niall appreciates that. He's a good man, Niall Kennedy. I guess you know he's another guy I consider a friend. You know, Spike. You got a lot of great. Here's the other thing too. I mean, I, I just have an affinity for Irish people. I think I don't know, man, but like you know, Spike O'Sullivan is just a terrific dude. And a uh, great sense of humor, and and I uh, enjoy, enjoy him. You know, Niall. You know, the guy's a Garda. You know, he's a he's a police officer. He's a com- com- great family man. You know, he's a man of faith. He's a community oriented guy, and and he's a guy. Not everybody's gifted with the athleticism of you know Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury. You know, um, there were just there were a lot of guys I consider to be blue collar fighters, guys that that love boxing and want to get 110% out of themselves. You know, Niall Kennedy's an honest professional prize fighter who gets 100% out of his ability. I'm a, I'm a big fan of guys like that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I'm a fan of Niall uh, as a fighter, as a, you know, as a guy that always gives his best. And, and he's a really terrific guy. Yeah, I suppose it's kind of like what I was watching something with Teddy Atlas and he was saying how Joe Smith Jr. was his favorite fighter because that's what he gives. He he mightn't have the skills of a Lomachenko, but he makes up for it with a, he makes up for any deficit he has in terms of natural born athletic skills or whatever with just pure heart and making more out of, out of what he has. And I suppose that's what that's what the, the game's all about, isn't it? Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I um, agree with that. I, I, a friend of mine asked me to ask you, Lou, if you'd, if you'd watched any boxer from the UK or Ireland in the last few years who you would have liked to have promoted, even in the last 30 years or whatever, that you would have liked to work with. I mean, I'm trying to think of something that's not going to be the first thing that would come to your head. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, because I think it could have been, I, I you know, I, I never really had this conversation with anybody, but I really would have wanted to work with Katie Taylor. And that's not to say she would have made any more money with me than she would have with Eddie or, or anything else. But I really want to work with Katie Taylor because I was heavily invested in women's boxing. And, and I think if, if I'd like to see more of a concerted effort to bring the whole genre of women's boxing up. And, um, Katie, Katie, when put into the mix with the other fighters I then had might've created a situation where I could have leveraged the talent of Katie and Amanda Serrano and a lot of the other women I was promoting at the time together to try to get a platform for women. I mean, you know, right now women are getting exposure in the UK, but, um, you know, largely because Katie's pulling the train. Um, and I'm not saying Eddie's done it. You asked me who I would have wanted to work with. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, you know, she, I, I already am lucky to work with a woman that I consider to be on the same level in Amanda yeah. Serrano. Um, but it's been a much more difficult road for Amanda Serrano because Katie's one of the in Ireland. Forget about you know gender. Katie's like a superstar athlete. She's like you know the A list of professional people, athletes of people of people. Of, well, of people also, but that's not so much the point. I'm yeah. making more the point of. She's I mean, transformative. She transcended the sport so much that yeah, she's one of the most famous I, I, people. It would have been, you know, and she's done very well economically. She's doing, she's doing great. I mean, I'm not, but it, but it, but it would have, I would have loved to have been able to have her on board to try to do something to bring up women's boxing so that the Amanda Serrano's and uh, Mary McGee's and Kaylee Reese's and other fighters on this side of the pond also would have um, platforms for their yeah. talent. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely, so, yes. So, she's such yeah, a figurehead. She's a figurehead in the UK and Ireland, and I guess, so, unfortunately, she hasn't been able to box here in Ireland yet, but that's for, hopefully, that can be sorted out. But, um, yeah, you do need a spearhead or a real figurehead that can bring in the, uh, like, Katie. Yeah, but is, I got to tell you something also. There's, 
you know, I, I, without, you know, the reason I wanted Joe Ward so much under, you know, my banner, um, was what, you know, was the New York boxing and, and, and what, what I believed I could do to build Joe Ward into an attraction with the, the Irish community in New York, with Joey Winter's help and Adam Glenn's help. And I still feel that way. And we're going to get back to normal. It's just going to be a little bit delayed. Um, but it's disappointing that there's not like an Irish boxing scene in Dublin or, you know, and it, there, there's, it's not, it's just, it, it, you know, maybe part of the reason, to be honest with you, I didn't come so quickly to a young Irish fighter's name for you is that the nature of Irish boxing today doesn't really encourage me to to want to be that heavily invested in it. I mean, does that make any sense? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's a ghost town in Dublin at the minute. There hasn't been a pro show in Dublin now for coming up well, on, two, well, I mean, coming up know, on two years. Then you're taking a fighter out of his home or her home and, you know, into a situation where, um, you know, like, look, Katie, Katie's become a star, though. In the in throughout not only Ireland but the UK, mm. and and she's a star now in England too, and yeah. that's going to financially benefit her, and it's also helped to elevate English boxing. Um, I really want to find a way, and I'm and, and, and you know what, when times are less stressful and and we're traveling again and we can get together and have dinner with somebody, I want to sit down with Eddie and have a serious conversation about what we could do together to elevate women's boxing. Yeah, um, and I was going to say because because of you know the fighters we've mentioned uh, during this during this call like Patrick Hoyle and Matthew Mack and all worked with Brian Peters quite closely. I know I know you probably have a good relationship with Brian Peters. So if he controls Katie's career to an extent, and you have Amanda Serrano, I'm I'm surprised at this stage that you you guys haven't been able to put them together. But maybe maybe the future holds that fight. Yeah, but you shouldn't be that surprised. Look, first of all, boxing to the side. Um, Brian's an old friend of mine, a good friend of mine. I mean, a personal friend of mine. Going back most of my 30 years in boxing, like we're friends for certainly 25 years. So um, it's not that surprising, though, because he did what he thought was economically what he had to do for Katie Taylor. And he made a deal with Eddie for Katie Taylor. And, and you know, Brian's had to make decisions about his own orientation of his his boxing career um and and probably for the for what was best at that moment for katie taylor he did what he needed to do but his concern is katie taylor and and um that's eddie's concern their loyalty is to katie yes um you know amanda serrano signed a deal with eddie as a co-promoter but let's face reality eddie cared about katie not about amanda so that co-promotional thing between us didn't really work that well and when Amanda and Katie fight, it's got to be in the right situation, not in Eddie's backyard, at his palatial family estate, during a pandemic when there are no fans there, in a situation where Amanda couldn't train because gyms in New York were closed, in a situation where she was being asked to get on a commercial airplane when doctors in America were telling people not to. Um, you know, things didn't happen, but... You know, I'm not going to sit there and blame Katie Taylor, but don't blame Amanda Serrano or me. Um, and when the fight happens, it's going to be on fairer terms. And maybe with Amanda as a unified featherweight champion with every belt recognized as a Ring Magazine champion and the future Hall of Famer fighting Katie uh, in, in, 
my mind, that fight belongs at Madison Square Garden in you know New York or at the Boston Garden, but someplace in the states where both women are stars and are selling tickets. Um, that so. sounds like the fight to bring it back to Dublin. Get get that one in Dublin. Um, I'm not even thinking about boxing in Dublin <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Okay, but you know, but but if, but by the way, a soccer stadium in Dublin. Um, with, with, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a fight that deserves to be in front of, it's, it's, it's in my mind, the greatest women's boxing match that will ever take place. And I will tell you, and I think I just told you Katie Taylor would be the first Irish or English fighter in re- recent years that I wish I could have signed. Yeah. Um, so that tells you how highly I think of her. Amanda's going to beat her. Okay. The man is going to be there. Bold words, and I, I just before we go, Lou, I have a, <laughs> I have a couple, I have a couple, I have a couple of uh, who's going to win uh, scenarios for you. So I suppose the biggest fights coming up in twenty twenty, potentially Fury, Fury or AJ, Anthony Fury. Joshua, Fury that Fury. one. Um, Spencer Crawford, if they ever get it done. Spence. Okay. Uh, who's king of the lightweights? Too early to tell. I mean. I actually think they're sort of in different situations in a little bit, even though they're similar in age. Um, I, I need to see Haney fight better people. I need to see Ryan Garcia fight better. I, I love Ryan Garcia, his ability and everything else. But to be honest, if I was his promoter, I'd have him on a maybe a little bit of a more gradual trajectory. Not because I don't value him highly. It's actually the opposite. As an attraction and as a potential talent, I value him very highly. I mean, the fight in the lightweight division I'd most want to see right now would be Lopez before he moves up and, and Javante Davis. That is, that's, that's, a, that's a fight. If you put on the list, like fights you really want to see in 2021, yeah. that'd be very high on my list. That is disgusting. <laughs> that shouldn't be even, yeah, that would be insane. That'd be one of the best fights that could be made in all of boxing. I'm sure. Um, speaking of fight, speaking of great fights that are made among boxers, you must be kind of getting sick of all the YouTubers fighting each other at this stage. Uh, you know what? I don't really give a shit about it because it's not like, honestly, shame on boxing for letting these people into our space because we don't entertain people well enough more frequently. That's my view on that. I don't, I don't hate on Jake Paul. Now, do I hope a real boxer eventually beats the fuck out of him? I certainly do. But, but that being said, I mean, I don't hate him. He, it's good business. People are buying, sell. You know, here's what I'm uh, at times we give people incredible action, incredible sport, incredible theater and drama. But there's no excuse for how often we put on Drek mm. as a sport. There's no excuse for all the uh, A-level fighters fighting guys with no hope and, and appearance fights. And the same way there's no excuse for bad, horrible decisions and a lot of all else that's wrong with our sport, but but we got to put our best foot forward in terms of making competitive matchups, and and we got to get less focused on losses because I can I can produce a fighter with three losses will kick your guy's ass, and you could produce as many undefeated fighters you want. I'll fight somebody. I'll find someone that's lost before who'll beat them. So you know we, we got to get we got to get more to a UFC kind of point of view of wins and losses than the way boxing favors a zero. Because one of my favorite quotes, one may be an epithet when I'm no longer with you, is I could get a ham sandwich to 15 and up. Absolutely, yeah. Cracker, yeah. 
we're all out of questions, Lou. So thanks so much for joining us. One of my favorite people to talk to in boxing. Much appreciated. Thank you. My pleasure. And, uh, and follow Joe Ward. Uh, I, I think that 2021 is going to be a, a much better year for him. Excellent, Lou. Thank you very much. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.